Hello and welcome to Part the Bus. It's a football podcast that talks everything Scottish football from up and down the country. And I'm joined by two amigos tonight. You've got Mr. Andy Dixon. All right. I've got Mr. Kieran Hunter. Good evening. And Mr. Ewan Armour was meant to show an appearance, but I think I've mucked that one up by being about 40 minutes late, guys, eh? Fine, well, we've got stuff to do, eh? I got a yeah. telling off for uh, not being on the pod, and now you wonder why. Well, maybe I'm just maybe taking the piss out of all just deliberately, so you never know. <coughs> but yes, uh, how's it all going? How's games of football been for years? And, well, how's life? Good, mate. Life is acceptable. We'll go with that. I'm, uh, I'm currently, I'm going to do a wee advert for EAFC here. As we're doing this pod, I'm currently playing. You can buy in all outlets, Tesco, Sainsbury's, Morrison, Dazzler. Calm, calm, calm down, son. We didn't get Amazon. Amazon. You can buy them anywhere. But aye, pretty decent, actually. But it's well, just Why like, not just uh, download eFootball for free? Aye, but or you can spend 70 quid on a rip-off version of FIFA. <laughs> and play Kelly. I've just went one nil down as well, so <laughs> shite advertising. They're doing really good, Kieran. Well done, son. <laughs> so we'll start off with some lower league news. If we're going to go down to the lower league, massive news coming out of Berwick Rangers Football Club, the only English team in the pyramid system, and well, SPFL as well. False. If you go that far, how's it false, Kieran? Let me know. Speedmouth Rangers are English. Yeah, they're next day's next door. <laughs> Very true. Okay, and the Ill-informed podcast that is part of the bus. <laughs> Very true. Absolute, we'll, absolute we'll, 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 we'll go for um, more bigger team then. All right. So, yeah, they got pumped out of the Scottish Cup by Boy Rangers Highland League Team 5-1 um, just the other week there. And basically they said that they are experiencing some financial difficulties now after not getting through the first round. Um, they're saying that at the moment they're wanting to inform supporters that they'll be reporting a loss of £115,000 of the year ending of May there. Um, they are expecting again to lose almost similar again with 95% of their turnover going straight to the wage bill rather than everything else in between. Also, we did report the other week there that they did have issues with break-ins at the ground. Also, the new club shop and other things surrounding the area were damaged in the meantime. Um, Better Rangers is a club that used to be in the SPFL, obviously quite a, a, a good away day, you could call it, um, out there in Berwick and on Tweed. But basically, um, they've said that in AGM in January there that a new, obviously, uh, chairman, owner, Kate kind of, uh, committee was set up and they took over and basically they were talked about that they already have players signed up on two, three year deals before that man came in. Uh, basically what happened also that they also have issues for the years ahead. They had about a three to five year plan to get yourself back up to the SPFL, which again did not happen. Um, and it hasn't happened. It doesn't look like it's going to be happening either. Um, also, to just to touch on Berwick, they said they can still obviously keep going and surviving that, obviously. But there's also issues with, obviously, the pitch. Uh, over the years, they're trying to use uh, Sheffield Park as more of a hub for the community. Um, they want to obviously use it even more times um, across the weeks. Um, at least 800 to 1,000 people a week um, could also benefit using the facility. So hopefully in the future, they're hoping to use even more commercial outlets 
Guys, I don't know what else to say to you, but um, it's not looking good for a team that's that's been about for a long time, and it's a team that people have been fond of in Scottish Cup history as well. I think yeah. that. I you mean, off, well, I think basically what's happening at Berwick Rangers is something that a lot of clubs could find themselves in. They've they've obviously came down from League League Two. They have wanted to gamble. They've tried to spend their way out of this. It's not worked. They obviously got beat in the Scottish Cup there. Now they're in the shit. And it's something that a lot of teams around them could probably need to watch because it's something that if they spend a bit too much and they don't get as far as what they've budgeted for and their ambitions, then they could be exactly the same. We've, we're, Cammy's going to touch on it in a wee minute, I'd imagine, but we're at, we're at the point where we're, we're seeing a fire sale at Berwick Rangers. Um, getting the higher the high the high wage earners off the off the bill, getting that done straight away, and yeah. then it's going to be a case if it's going to be damage limitations. I'd imagine to the end of the season. Funny enough, um, you say that. Funny enough, you say that. I'll just run through the players now. So the first player that we got told of, and it was actually Liam Buchanan himself on Twitter, posted a tweet saying that I've had the best time of his career for a long time. Um, he's probably had his best one of his best records for games played and goals scored. Um, but he leaves on to go to Bonnerig Rose um, with another player um, going the other way at Bonnerig, Xander Murray, but we'll come into later on. Um, but yeah, he's agreed a deal to join Bonnerig on loan, then it's a view to permanent deal. Uh, but the deal actually just becoming permanent, no matter what, it's happening. Uh, other player that left as well is obviously Michael Travis, a well-known figure in the ferry, Kieran. Yeah, um, of course, so that will just be when the transfer window open. What's that? Oh, Zandy froze. He's um, went bye-bye. Ah, his camera's off. Oh, no, I'm still here. Oh, no, what did you say about finding there? Zandy? What? Sorry. What's that? You said something about anything. permanent deal or something. This yeah, is it's, it's like, just going to be until the transfer window opens. Aye, basically, aye, but it's not like a, it's an option. It's, it's, it's just happening, that's it. It's been put yeah. in paper. Michael Travis joins Bonnes on a permanent transfer already. He obviously is a well-known figure, as I said earlier on. And basically what's happening with him is he's well, going to a team that's on fire at the moment. And it just shows you that Berwick maybe are in a bit more difficult than you think. One that a player that's actually went for a bit of money is um, David Ferguson. Uh, he's left to go to, well, plum and behold, who's spending the money in the league? He's called Bride. So he leaves to go to East Bride on a permanent deal. Um, he received an offer during the week, and obviously that was it. Uh, but they've obviously just got a couple of players in. Uh, they've got a couple of youngsters on loan from uh, St Johnston um, until the end of the season. So it's they're going down in that different route. They're going for the the almost the freebies rather than the the big name players, and that's it's 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 sad to see because they've, they've tried to challenge and they've tried to obviously be a, a, a mainstay in the, the top half of the table but with that happening only after a, a, a 10 games is, is not great Unfortunately they're also going to get absorbed in it now when you have Trinent and East Blade who do have a bit of money behind them oh, I love and obviously <laughs> and of course the, the posh boys for the juniors are also in the loan league now as well <laughs> so you have these clubs that have good infrastructure and a good bit of money Behind them, whereas Berwick now it's all just getting tarnished. I think Andy's right in what he said as well is the fact that football's a revolving door and the same with players, it's the same with football clubs. 
And the fact is, is that they've not just went down a league, they've came out of an entire organisation where they've lost that sort of safety net. So to, to lose, obviously, 155 grand, and then on top of that, you've got damages to the ground. Now, to try and use the pitch as a community pitch, this could be used as an art debate in all itself. But using a grass pitch as a community pitch for over a thousand people isn't, isn't, it's not sustainable. That's why, in terms of astral pitches, these always t- tend to work. And that's why most of the community grounds are usually astral. But as I said, that's an art debate in itself. So it's, aye, it's not looking good for Berwick. It's not great. But we're talking as if like they're going out of existence. I think it's, there's, they're a historic club and I still feel that there's going to be people there that are going to want to keep them in the league. Yeah, they are. Oh my goodness, me. here the comes the man. <laughs> it's a fuel house. Big Oh my Go fucking god. Hello, Mr. Armour. You're an armor trainer. Hello there, boys. How are we doing? Is that you had your nap, is that you up for your shift, is it? Are you right? I've still got to my bed. This is uh, this is well past my bedtime now. Is this a hiya buyer? You're just here to tell us what you think of Benny Rangers, yeah. Benny Rangers. <laughs> Never actually been before, so. Well, you might not be. By the way things are going, I might not get to go. By the way things are going, I might not get to go, so that'd be a shame. Yeah, we're just finishing up on all the Bert Rangers, mate. So we just pretty much said they read the statement out and we're just talking about how the players have left already and things like that. So it's not looking good for them, eh? That's a shame with stuff like that as well because also a lot of the players will be gutted that they're leaving that team. Because they would have went to that team thinking... He was for sure. Because they'll be at that team thinking, right, we can now get together, build on last year and then move up. But yeah. whatever has been happening with them, it's just no... No, you see that will no, happen with a lot of teams in the next five to ten years. Especially in the lowland league. Eh? Yeah. Uh, because I'll be te- especially, especially the teams that go down from League Two and think, oh shit, the teams down here are actually quite good. They've got financial backing. We're fucked. It's, it's me. It's, it was like me, me and uh, me and Cami Senior had a good discussion at, at one of the Rose games. And um, you were trying to get the folk to buy into Cali Babes? No. I'm actually talking. I'm actually talking about Mr. David Lockhead himself. <laughs> but no, Cali Braves. That was a different situation. Uh, but no, that was. Um, it's like Lowland League has got to be the most mismatched league in the whole pyramid. Like you've got, like what you were saying there, you've got teams that are dropping out of the SPFL. That there's obviously a reason why they're getting going down in terms of finances and in terms of the team on the pitch as well. But then you've got the clubs in the Lowland League where a few of them do have that. Built ambition, they've got everything there to to, to get promoted. So that's why when you've got it's like these teams that are in that league, they're like two, three leagues apart. Like Gretna aren't in the same sort of form as what East Kilbride is going to be. It's just totally, totally worlds apart in the same league. Is, but at the same time, East Kilbride also East Kilbride come training Ones, Lithgate, all these teams as well. Is that they have to look at Berwick and have to realise is that. This could happen to them if they exactly. if they start yeah. throwing money at this and don't go up. East Kilbride were looking at you this season. Is that then the day this this could happen to them? Like Berwick Rangers are a bigger club than every club that I have just mentioned, with yeah. a, probably a bigger fan base and a bigger history. And if it can happen to them, because 
then it can happen to any any of the teams in this league. And obviously, it depends on the um, it depends on the ambition of the people pointing the money, obviously, um, as well. Um, but I think that going forward, they are they are just on a it's just a, a damage limitation um, this season, um, and they'll they'll see where they obviously end up for next season. Yeah, so you're saying there, Andy. I, I completely agree with you. It, it goes back, Kieran. You're right. What you're saying the, the the leagues are competitive, but let's be honest, there is money getting pumped in every team, left, right, and centre to keep up yeah. the demand, and that's what the biggest yeah. issue is in the whole system. Is it happens at SPFL level too, and this yeah. is what's happened to the likes of Bonnerig this year. They've they've went down a different approach. They got loaded quite a lot of players, and when you drop down to like East Kilbride, there's players in that team that could probably probably easily step up to League One. You know. Um, no, definitely. So, again, you look at the bigger picture. Think, how much is coming through the turnstiles? How much is getting pumped in each week to make the ends meet? Is a is a Berwick in a better position than what some other teams are probably are in the future? They just need to live within their means and be be realistic. Andy's right. This was Andy on you go. No, no. I was just going to talk about. I was just going to mention because you're talking about the teams coming down, um, and you're probably going to find that teams like Cowden Beath. Uh, um, who, who I probably think are the biggest, biggest fan base as well. They will regroup, and I think it will take them a minute to see come up. Uh, um, I think Kieran Beath are the team. Can you jump a bit for you, Stay? He's got his little Wi Fi on, man. Financially, they, they should be the ones getting the ones means that they go towards. I heard Cowden Beef. Well, what, <laughs> I, what I could go from that, Andy, was Cowden Beef's a big team, which I didn't agree on, but anyway, and basically they're a team that's an example of playing championship you... football and they mucked it up because they decided to go a different route. And they you, just want, you just want fucking fights on Pie and Bovril, that's all you're wanting. Me and Pie and Bovril, I get some hits. Aye, that's all you're wanting. <laughs> No, nah, no, nah, fair enough. No, nah. Cowden Beef has been a team that's been and done it. I mean, the only team I can probably vouch that's close to them at the same time was Dumbarton. And look at them now, went all the way down to League Two. They were close a couple of years ago to get sucked into a relegation. And then you could probably even say the likes of Annan before they got promotion this year. They were always a yo yo team to, to be in a position to go back down where they actually went up because of Gretna. So, aye, um, it. it it does. It doesn't mean. I, I don't know. It's. Um, I. Uh, I don't know. It's. It's one of them ones. It's. It's. It's the, the. The last point I'll make on it in terms of like, again, it's. It's football and money in it, and that's. That's what it seems to just come down to in terms of obviously sustainability, and it's the fact that you're. It's more than just getting promoted for these clubs in the lower league. It's about obviously getting into the SPFL where the real money is, where they're going to get sort of guaranteed um, income and obviously bigger fan bases etc so it's it's more than just that sort of uh, promotion so that's why these clubs are just chucking money at it left right and centre and it's even more vital in that case because like what Andy's saying if Trenent and East Kilbride etc if they don't do it then they're, they're fucked pretty much whereas Lifke I suppose have the fan base to maybe just carry themselves forward Cammy, you said Lifke apparently um, keep themselves going for the next two years in the Lone League is that right or is it longer than that nah, for what I know of I don't know for sure but I've been told that they could keep themselves going with Scottish Cup and everything else for, for a couple of years I and mean, then keep building on it 
Can you stop divulging secrets on this podcast, please, Phil? Let's get us. Thanks. Um, no. No names were mentioned. Uh, tell us the Pinnacle news, then, you prick. There's none. Either is. No, there's none. I'll show them what's up. I'll tell you. <laughs> nah, all, all things aside, nah. Like, at the end of the day, Kieran is kind of right in a sense that if there's teams in the east of Scotland that can get more, bigger crowds and more better players and be sustainable, then that's the way he needs to go forward. The Lowland League has been complaining about B teams getting introduced and complaining about how the SPFL want to run things. Then they should take a leaf at their own book and think about the bigger picture for themselves instead of spending the money to win the league. Well, <clears throat> put it this way as well, right? Is um, Andy obviously made a joke about Cali Braves earlier on. There was a guy that I spoke to, Cali Braves, who was on the committee. Oh, and for fuck, I, I was I, only joking. I asked, I asked him, I asked him, I was like, so what do you make of the B teams being in the league then? And he was like, couldn't, he's like, couldn't ask for anything better. He's like, we need them. And then I was like, but why? I was like, why do Cali Braves need Celtic B and Hearts B and Rangers B? His answer was the crowds. So again, it's like, he was like Cali Braves and East Kilbride, etc. It's like, this is what I mean, they're relying on the fans. Quite funny you say that, that's quite funny. Is do you think the SPFL trophy need B teams in when you're getting more than half of the attendance you would get for playing your own team in the same week? So that's the same idea as contradicting themselves. It's like saying Hibs B playing against up in Livingston B, you think you're gonna get six thousand folk going to that because Hibs B. No, exactly. but you're gonna get people that'll turn up to watch Celtic B especially. Um, at some of these teams, oh, Derek went to the Celtic B game against Albion Rovers, and there was fucking two men in a dug man. No, well, so that's that means that's a fact for everybody then. No wonder it's four point fifty for a fucking state pie. <laughs> There's the real reason, right there. <laughs> Sorry, There's the real I, reason. I, 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 that's my what reason. Four pound fifty for a state pie at the Celtic Stadium. Go and Aye. make your face for a shite man. Hi, that's it. This is this is the whole thing, but. We'll no, as I say, we'll probably finish up there because we're actually having a good debate, but we'll try and move on to different stories. As I was going to talk about a couple of transfers, it <laughs> kind of goes back to paying, paying money and, and there must be something involved with it. Then obviously East Colbride get rid of Ali Roy. <laughs> um, well, banging in the goals at the start of the season and then you read Pai and Bovo and you go, hmm, hmm. okay. Andy, you want to take it away? <laughs> no, I'll let you go because I, 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 I generally have not checked anything in regards to that, so I'll let you can take that away. I don't know too much. I've read some of it. I've I've not had the chance to obviously sit down with a cup of tea and just go through it in the morning, but there's it's an in and out job kinda of thing now. Yeah. And they're kinda of obviously they've paid a fee for obviously that um Duncan Ferguson from obviously uh Barrett Rangers. Obviously Ali Roy was scoring Duncan, Ferg- Duncan Ferguson. I sorry Duncan Ferguson, I said retirement. He's <laughs> on loan uh, just midweek games for East Kilbride. Um Nah, so basically, yeah, he's, he's travelling about, mate. He's got plenty of money anyway, he's fine. But uh, I, it, was a, it was a mixture of like people saying that he's, he's falling out with them, and it was a mixture of people saying, no, it's all business, and it was a mixture of playing, saying the player wanted away, but it was a mixture of everything else happening, so there's no in-and-out answer for it. It's just a very strange one, considering. Do you, yeah. think, do you think East Coblade are starting to feel the effects already? Well, I every mean, time Kenny gets interviewed, he always mentions like 
Oh, I've got eight players injured out of a thirty-five man squad. They're like the way he likes to talk about. I think the way that McKeady also goes about in his interviews as well is that he talks like a man that's already spent the budget and probably excelled it. There's oh, so much pressure on these people. He has excelled it, Kieran. Let's be honest. Like when you think about players at Darvel, I mean Darvel were, were obviously paying the money, but it's just quite funny that Alan McKenzie comes back comes back to work with Kennedy after going to St Caddox from Darvel, and he, he signs him on loan. So it's like, is he no happy with Roy? Is he no? Is something else happening? Are they trying to get more defenders in because are they struggling with, with defenders being injured? I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. The Rose have done the exact same and signed two guys in the space of uh, a month because injuries are that bad. So it's a mixture. It's a, it's a, it's you a went to the Easter Bright game and you said to me it was one of the best games you maybe see all season, even though it was a draw. And it was just two teams at it like together, but I don't think each team was actually full strength. <laughs> to be perfectly no, honest with you and it's the uh, same idea what they were saying about obviously Trenent they've had their ups and downs this year with players being injured so I don't think there's any team in that league that's actually had the rubber green come on all Colts has been an example of a team that's not been the biggest budget but they're sitting high up in the league but if you go back to East Coast as well they've had a great start let's be honest they're doing really well in the SPFL Trust Trophy they beat Ember City Beat Stone Still Island, beat it in the season as well. Um, and it also it might have actually lost Alan Mabry's job, obviously in Ember City, uh, to to put it out there. Um, the, the, the other the other thing for me, just going to finish up the the whole point in the Lowland was, it just shows you without transfer window that things can move very dramatically, <laughs> very quickly. Um, look at obviously the other way I talked about Liam McCann going to Bonnie Rose. You've also got from. Is under money. Uh, obviously, he also went back to Galaferidine. So it just shows you that there is also scope for players to move about every every time and every every league in that system. Would you rather? This is a question for all of you, and we'll start with Kieran. Is would you rather they actually had to just a proper transfer window like every other league, or do you think it opens the door for being quite entertaining? <laughs> Considering that we're in almost mid. Mid October the time this comes out, it's, I think probably just stick with a normal transfer window is the same as every other club, just to keep it a bit sort of sane. It's you've got this position where you can still lure players in halfway through. So say if your club's going seven or eight games, like defeats on the trot or whatever, and then they move through the ranks. But this is a this isn't even just a player situation. You've seen it with coaching staff. You've seen it with managers. Mick Kennedy's been an advocate for years saying about how crap the playoff system is and to get through the leagues and how, how the the winners seem to be the sort of they, they seem to get the most against them, the winners of the league. And it's it's Mick Kennedy's seen an opportunity to get to the low end. He's obviously probably taking the best team that's got the best back in as well. So yeah, I don't blame these players for moving into the SPFL and going to the likes of Bonnerig, etc. because it's it's fucking impossible to get the Lowland League, so it's for for these players. It's only it's only the only option they've got is to move to a club that's higher up. Well, that's what I'm saying. But the only thing that gets me is that the Ali Roy one is just on loan. So whether he signed a year deal with East Kilbride or not, it's just on loan rather than on loan to January even permanent. Ah, uh, oh, can they can't sign anybody with the transfer window? They've got to take them on loan like Bonnerig did. That's what I mean. There's no right. announcement saying like Buchanan. People know at Bonnerig that he's going to be their player. 
Um, yeah. Whereas Alibaba, it's just an all-loan job. Um, but that's what I'm meaning is it's quite it's quite weird how I like it. How it's like. <laughs> I think so because it's you're sitting in about there's about ten ten different transfers happen in the space of two weeks, and it's not even yeah you know we're, we're maybe getting released from football manager you know what I mean like it's like football manager you can just buy and do whatever well, you want. I, I think that's the thing as well is that by not having transfer windows, not that it's really happened to my knowledge anyway mm-hmm. uh, in our history, but. <laughs> It could lead up to some very interesting kind of big tie, big tie games because you could have, you know, East Coast could be top of the league, and then could be it could be anyone in second place could be Trinent, Bonnes, Lithgate, whoever, right? Yeah, and they decide to loan a couple of their players to a team that's further down in the league, or release some and let them go on a, like a two week contract emergency loan to a team that's further down that play that second place team. Yep, they play for them for two games, win the games potentially. Yeah, hundred percent. It 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 always goes back to like what happened with maybe last year in the East Scotland League. There was a lot of transfers going about the kind of lower divisions, and it kind of got me thinking that I would I would prefer it would be a cut off date, right? And ever after that, it'd be an on loan situation. But at the same time, as you said, it kind of opens the door for things to be a bit more entertaining when it comes to. It. You know, I'm pretty you, sure there is a cut-off date towards the end of the season, though, so it can't be like a there is last, something before like it can, it can be a uh, last two day, last couple of games of the season. Aye, second place needs to win every, every single one of their games. First place needs to get four points or something. Yeah. So you loan half your team out to all the teams that are playing against them. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure there is some time. I think it's March. Mm-hmm. It was quite early-ish, but at the well, same time, the having, it, having it like it is in the in the professional leagues higher up going right you can sign anyone you want on loan it doesn't have to be emergency loan so keep that open or free agents but you can't go between teams unless it's an emergency loan well is what that I would, thing, eh? what I would sound what, like UEFA here yeah what I would say is bear in mind that <laughs> bear in mind this, is, this is part time football and that these guys do this as a hobby and I think if you start to limit people um, to when they can change clubs at this level, I think the, the people lose interest. I think that that's half the reason, half the battle is that at the end of the day they come in, things change that quickly at this level. Is that new manager comes in and suddenly they're not playing, they lose, then then the rushes are at the window and they lose interest in the whole thing. Uh, um, if you start if you start restricting start restricting basically what's a what's a, a hobby or a set, or I suppose it's a second income, but. If you start saying to them, you you can't play, you can't, you're not basically playing, we still want you to come and train, take time out of your life twice a week, as well as your full family life. It just it disencourages people. So I quite like it. I like the fact is that they can, they can go, they can change obviously up until about March time. Yeah. It's probably, it probably does make more sense the way you say it. I like the way that Andy's kind of put it there because you've probably got part-time players that are going to be committed to a contract for say another six months before they can actually transfer, and then again these guys are part time, so they'll have other commitments. They might end up moving because of their full time job, so it means that they need to move a club, uh, but they can't because they're committed to their, their part time football club. So it's, it probably does make sense in a way. Um, I just, as you said, for the entertainment factor, but it's also that basis of where does it start to get silly? 
like what you're saying, like if you've got a striker for another club that scored 30 goals in like 20 games and then East Kilbride just go, oh, there's a bit of money, we'll take him. <laughs> We're playing you on Saturday. <laughs> it's just like, where's the, you mean the Celtic model? Where does the madness end? What's the that? Celtic model, the Celtic model when they signed Armstrong and Mackay Stephen. <laughs> exactly. They all yeah, even them. the Hibs, the Hibs raid, Rangers and Celtic years ago. Yeah. Uh, ha- happens happens with every team. Not so much recently, but yeah, over the years, and over the, the the long term, I, uh, I am quite happy to finish it up there. There's been a couple of other news stories, but um, we, we, there's nothing really else to cover um, for the low, lonely for me. Andy, you got anything else that you maybe think on top of your head? Nah, no one say so. Anything east of Scotland, west of Scotland, before we make a move on? Game one. Yeah, let's have a wee break, and we'll come back with that. Don't pick your fucking phone up, Kieran, as well, because I'm sick of watching you. So after that, we're all going to talk about Kamelin. The only thing in Kamelin was just quickly that Andy Rogers, obviously the under-18s kind of development coach, has obviously left the building eh, after obviously getting the job when the new owners took over. Um, obviously, it's not a major, but we just wanted to let people know that things are changing again at Kamelin after getting awarded a very high score in the, well, you could say a very good pitch. Let's put it that way. Uh, whoa, so let's go for SPFL. We're all here, all four of us for a wee change. Let's start off with Duncan Ferguson has made the trip up to Inverness after getting let go by Forest Green Rovers. He did take over a poison chalice there down south. Uh, one win in 18 games, obviously, as Mr Hunter liked to tell us earlier on. And basically, he didn't really get the rub of the green at the vegan-based club. Um, I don't think any club at vegan base would didn't get on very well. So yeah, they're relegated last year, and then he got sacked technically, and he's now got the job at uh, the one and only Inverness, Cali Thistle. Anyone want to start off? Because I, I'm choking the day this one. <laughs> Fucking go then. Go to that, um, so yeah, don't, I mean it's just it's like a publicity stunt again. It's it's just it's the same sort of vibes that happened when Rangers signed Stephen Gerrard, and now we're getting it in a in a, a, a league less and away up in the Highlands. So ah, it's, it's great. I mean, I, I think I think Inverness of Inverness have been toiling. They've you know they came out in the summer and they basically said we're fucked financially. Um, there was that sort of rumor mill as well that was kind of going about from the Ross County Committee. Um, I, I think we might have spoke about that as well about proposing a merger with Inverness because Inverness were that bad financially. Um, so there's been a lot happening, and there's been a lot of rumours flying about crazy ones, and just and the fact that the team on the pitch as well have went so far this season not winning a single game. So Duncan Ferguson coming in, yeah, his track record is pretty awful. A win percentage of eight point seven percent. And his first managerial job at Forest Green Rovers. Going reverse so, a wee bit, saying about no one in a game. What are you talking about? They never they they won zero games in the league. Who has? Inverness. Well, considering they just beat Arbroath at the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Before, before Ferguson took over. Right. Aye. Use your ears. But we know because I'm just going to back you up on that. Is whether our manager's not had a great start to it. I've I've got probably the only feeling that you could probably say that. 
Billy Dawes has been the best manager in Inverness has since John Hughes. Well, but, yeah, I've getting up from the playoffs. I totally agree, but it doesn't take away the fact that they've still went, what, six games without a win to start off their campaign. Yeah, the only thing oh, I would say, though, is when you're thing. jumping about like a big loudy man because you beat a part-timer both side 3-2 after losing a, a, a well, almost losing a three-goal lead. Um, isn't it really much to start fucking jumping your, your gums at when you're going to have to play against Air, a very good race side, a very, oh. very good Dundee United side? The list is endless, you know? I don't know, I don't know. School teacher, sorry, headmaster here. Uh, yes, Ewan, uh, what would you like, sir? Um, I'm just going to back up Kieran here as well and say that while, you know, only beating part-time Arbroath after almost throwing away a three-goal lead isn't something to cheer about. If you've not won for six, if it's your first league win of the season, of course you're going to, and it's your first game as a manager as well, of course you're going to be jumping about yeah. going loudy. It's his first win in years. They are. They are. And it's got them off the foot the ta- it's got them off the foot the table as well. Our bro uh, aren't a bad side. No, they aren't. I get that. I get that. Yeah. Our broth nearly got promoted two seasons ago. <laughs> the top flight. Yeah, but the only thing I'm, nearly I'm won the league. is though it's a balance between just going that step maybe too far and it's a bit like what happened maybe a few years ago. I think the heck and bottom kind of era kind of rings a bell with you, Ewan. Does that kind of ring a bell to you? Heckies at the wheel. Yeah. He was at the wheel. Yeah. He just crashed. Yeah, thought it was fucking brilliant, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Well, he was. He went unbeaten in about like, 16 games or something. That's all I'm saying. Things on players. It's having the balance between, yeah, you can have a, a, a good time and a, a party with it, but it's the first one. It's a long, long road ahead for him. Of course, of course, it is. I, I, agree, I agree with that, Cammy. And the thing is, it, it's listen. I've I've experienced it already this season. We we went and beat Celtic and Rangers and managed to take points off Hearts in the space of two weeks. And now look at us. You know, what I mean, we, now we can't kind of string a win together. We've no one in over a month and a half. So it's that it's that idea of beat Celtic and got pumped out in the next round. Aye, thanks for that, Andy. But uh, it's, I mean, pumped, last-minute fumble into the goal, but never mind. Uh, so... It was anything but a football. <laughs> he didn't like that one, did he? The Kelly admin did. But um, but no, I, I think it's, uh, as I said, it's great for Ferguson because he'll be buzzing. Because he's he's obviously had not an easy start and stuff like that, and now he's came up to Inverness, he's seen a challenge. And he's beat, as Cammy said, part-time Arbroath, who nearly won the championship two years ago. So I get what Cammy's saying, but I think it's, yeah, I think all the best to Ferguson. I think it has great publicity for the club because it's it's been everywhere. Everyone's talking about it because everyone knows who Duncan Ferguson is. We know that he's got a bit of a name for himself in the game and things like that. And I think he will, because of the man that he is, he'll be able to attract players and talent to the club. Um so we'll see how this one pans out, but I think yeah, all, all, it's it's just it's immense for Scottish football as well. Um, well, for the championship this year, I've got a funny feeling this is probably even harder than it's been in previous years, just by going with clubs like Rafe coming up, um, doing good and bad things in the past few years, but everything they've been doing now has been pretty pretty awesome. You maybe want some of their things they're doing with their fans to do at your club. So the only thing I would probably say is Inverness have had the rub of the green. They've done well in the, in the Scottish Cup last year, obviously, doing what they did. 
They've had good times in all say the League Cup over the years, and they're never going to have good times in the Championship again. But obviously, the financial side that does come into it, and as they say, they didn't do what they did last year with Dodds. They wouldn't be where they are in this position this year. But the only question I ask yourselves is: I think contacts will be their best bet this year. Hundred percent. Ferguson brings that contact from down south massively, as you said, Kieran to me earlier on, Ancelotti. But even just being a part of all say Everton Football Club for a very long time, from the bottom to the top, you're no any dummy. You know, he no. talks he talks like a, a just he talks just like a fan, he talks like a normal person. He's, he's not gonna put a, a show on for anybody. He is what he is. And I think that's what some teams need, and I think that's what kind of football needs sometimes, you need an old fashioned head. But I mean he literally said that in his first interview as well, that he's already spoken to Rogers for Celtic. Yeah. Saying, listen, who can I get in on loan? Yeah. Who can I get in? Yeah, he's no doubt. So, so he can't first day, he's already gazing folk that he knows. It's like, right, who can I get? Who can I get? Yeah, 100%. My, my we follow on for what Kami says as well, um, and just to back up you, and it's the fact that it's... <laughs> you, look at, you look at all 42 clubs, right? And you look at every man that's in charge. Yeah. And you look at where they've been, what clubs they've been at previously, where they've gained their experience and who they've worked under. Duncan Ferguson probably is quite close to your top three out of all the 42. In terms of, I mean, as as Cammy's just said there, I pointed out earlier, man was the assistant manager to Carlo Ancelotti, who's won the most Champions Leagues in history. Do you know what I mean? So it's like... Oh, Andy's little Wi-Fi's back. Little's not too bad. He must be on the... (laughs) Fucking... Now he's just froze. The Wayne's have turned off the Wi-Fi, man. So, aye, so basically, oh, he's away. He'll come back. Turn the Wayne's so against him. I mean, I would be, I would be in terms of contacts, and I, I, I need to be careful with how you word this. I would, as manager, yeah, he's just starting his career, but in terms of contacts, he's up there with Rogers, and he's, he's got, you know, you know what I mean. He's got to be in terms of who he knows in the game. I don't see them doing anything, though. That, that's, that's. I don't that's see them getting playoffs. That either top or bottom. I don't no. see them. They're going to be what Wraith were last year. I think so. I think that's what right. you've, you've hit the nail on the heat because I was going to come on to them in a minute anyway, is they've, they've, they've punched above their weight for two years. 100%. They've right, got point in their, in, their, in, their, in their time in the championship that they needed to maybe try and get in the playoffs properly last year and have a really good challenge. Um, going on to Wraith Rovers then, um, we'll stick with the championship obviously for, for doing this. Rafe Rovers have been the, the club that's been, well, in cases for tribunals, they've been in cases to lose a sponsorship, they've been losing fans. Um, now they're almost going to have 7,500 people. Uh, it starts Park on Saturday um, due to a massive, massive game from first and second in the league. Um, and as you say, Kieran, 95% of fans said yes for United tickets for the fans uh, to try and sell the stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's amazing that our, our club has just asked the fans rather than made a decision for them. Um, yep. You can also sell out a stadium that's, yeah, when the atmosphere's in there, it's a very good stadium. I, I love it. It's an old school stadium. That old stand that's three quarters of the length of the, the park is just stunning. If it's not listed, I hope it is. Um, the other big picture you need to look for, Rafe, is they had a chance years ago when... Was it is it Partick or Dunfermline or one of the other? I can't remember who it was. Um, 
they were just better than them in the league. And if it was any other season, it would be two pl- two places to get promoted. Um, they've never had a chance like that for a long, long time. And I think they're at that stage now. They've got a very solid team. They're young enough. They're they're, they're decent enough. And Andy's just right, made a right fucking cock of me. But anyway, um, so Yoon's, um on mute. I wish he wasn't. Um, on the ra- on the race situation, that um, aye, it's yeah. I think it's great for a club that's actually asking the fans for a change. No, I mean it's it puts a whole different perspective and hopefully paves the way for other clubs. I mean that this is a, a a well-established club in the second tier of Scottish football that know how to engage with the fans. But I think it, Cammy's probably set the tone in the conversation is that this is a club that's probably had to fight for its fans back, given obviously fresh situations that's happened within the club and the community in Kirkcaldy as well. Um, but we won't go too much into that. That's a different discussion on its own. So it's uh, yeah, you know, it's I think what ninety five percent of the Rafe fans said that they wanted it, um, and they wanted the United to get as many tickets as possible, which is great, great income for the club. It'll be a massive bumper fixture as well. So seven thousand inside that ground it is a nice ground as well. Um. So yeah, I think it'll be it'll be making for a good game this weekend. But fair play to Riff. Thank all due respect for for going out and doing that. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Uh, is oh, is it you going? Yeah, I was going to say. I think as well. If it gets later on, obviously they play each other twice at home. Yeah, so there's like two home games each. So later on in the season, if it's a lot closer to the top of the league you might find that the fans will then say, no, we want the tickets now because we potentially don't want to give you the extra fans in to make that extra wee bit of noise. Yeah, I, think, kind of I don't think it was just that, though. I think it was but I think because that... it's so early in the season, that's why a lot of fans have went, well, what was it, 95% say yeah. to give them the tickets? Yeah. Which is fine for... And again, if that's what the fans want, then they've got the right folk back in the club at the moment and going like, right, what do the fans want? The fans... You know, and the, the number would say, give the money, give the money. Yeah, I think the fans have got behind the new owners because they know the financial position the club was in a couple of years ago, and they also know that it's a good payday, as you know, as you just said. I think it's amateur wise. Why would, you not, why would you not want? Well. Why would you not want as much fans in a way end than you're playing decent football too? Me and Keenan were kind of debating in the chat a wee bit, obviously, about obviously big teams and budgets and that. But Dundee United still obviously have the biggest budget than some teams in the Premiership. There's no doubt about it. I think Rafe are almost there, but I don't think they are quite there. I think they're just really good players. And the ambition of the club is at a level where it attracts players to play for you. You know, if you're a club that's obviously pushing for promotion and even just guaranteed playoffs, you want to be a part of that. But if you want to play Premiership football and struggle at the bottom of the table, what would you rather do? Yeah, exactly. Do you want to earn the same, to earn the same amount of money in the Championship and try for promotion? Or do you want to stick in the Premiership and struggle all season, being a downer every second week, getting beat off teams? There's quite clearly, oh, then. There's, okay. there's quite clearly good, in, good intentions as well at Rovers because at the back of obviously signing um, Goodwillie a couple of years ago, the whole process in with that was to push to to get promoted. That yeah. that was that was their sole intention. So now again, they're seeing an opportunity. Like what Cami says is that they've spent a lot of money on transfers, brought a good squad in, 
They believe in the manager. They believe in the board. So it's another opportunity to make a bit of cash and to hopefully push Rovers all the way because this is a fuckery a league this season, like, um, and it's probably the toughest it's been in a while. So I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you. Oh, right. First of all, if the fans want it, fine. Okay, I understand why the fans want it, but at the same time, imagine you're one of the players and you come out for your home game and it's majority and there's that. Massive away support and it doesn't feel like a home game. Hold on now, hold on now. I'll, I'll back you up on that. Oh, it's like being a Livingston fan. Shut well, your this is, well, this is the whole thing though. There's that at the end of the day, why it's, it's the same thing as what Livingston do is what St Johnston do. Um, and they get so they get they get criticised for it, but because Wraith the Wraith fans say that it's okay. Do you know what I mean? It's not that. Though. I think it's not that. Though, Andy. Thousands of tickets, though. It's an extra. I think it's an extra two hundred tickets. Yeah, it's not a lot. It, what it is is they asked the fans like, because they were going to move a section that they created only this season. So they asked the fans, would you, "Do you, would you actually like Celtic want and Rangers for that? Would you do the right. same? Would you allow Celtic and Rangers?" No. For no, I'll, 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 uh, I'll not sugarcoat it. Right? I'll answer Andy's question because he's kidding that. Um, that I'll, I'll know sugarcoat it. So I think it's more to do with the fact that there's there's two reasons as to why this is a good thing. Because the first and foremost reason is that they've asked the fans. They've not just went ahead and went and done it. Perfect example yeah, that's, was that's perfect saying. example was a number of years ago when Michael Johnson was in charge of Kelly and he went, all the season tick holders are going to move into one stand and we're going to give Celtic three stands at Rugby Park and then Celtic can have their flag day. So there was that. So again, this is this is like total end of the spectrum of this. We're going to ask the fans and see what they want. What do they think is going to benefit the club? So that's, that's why said, that's said, the first that's reason. The, se- the, second, the, well, the, se- the second reason is solely because we don't like Rangers and Celtic. You, you've oh. got, it's because you've got a, two pretty respectable clubs Ray Rovers, who is majority is going to be folk for Kakodi that are going to come and support them. Dundee United, majority of folk for Dundee are going to come and support them as well. There's going to be no sectarian shite. There's going to be no bigoted songs. Well, you're not going to get the songbook like what the fans have been parading about the last few weeks, the Rangers fans on Twitter. So, aye. It's, you're it's, chipping a, it's, in, you're, a, you're it's chipping into your home advantage. You're chipping in, you're, that's, this is the point I'm making, is you're chipping into the home advantage. You're making it the thing more is of a neutral... The, that over the years has went two ways in certain places. Like, I mean, it's went two ways in Kelly. It's went in a different way in obviously Livy's favour. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, if different other clubs like St Mirren, if they didn't sell out as many tickets in their home end, that I think St Mirren would be giving up obviously two ends as well. But they, the, the fans stood their ground and said, no, we won't. We'll, we'll turn up for your games and we'll sell out your stadium. And they have. Right. But if, instead, if the club didn't sell out at that time, the point point I'm making is the point and generally the point I'm making is where even if you're talking about an empty away end is more beneficial for a club against strangers and Celtic than a, than, than a full one. That's because it's fucking fairly from the heat. Is it better to have 200 extra bums and seats, whether they're home and away and get that money in the club, or is it better to have 200 or 300 empty seats with no money in the club, but you've got obviously 200, 300 less away fans in the ground? That's yeah. the, that, I think that's the main question that you're obviously but, getting across here, Andy. Oh, we know, we know, so let's, let's, let's go through it. So point what, I'm what's good. better from one, a financial point of view and two, a footballing aspect, because 
Uh, while I... the club embodies both, the two completely different different entities Aye. off the park and on the park. Well, there you go then. So you you start it off then. So do you agree what they've done or not? Well, for me, financially, they've done what's best for the club. Financially, 100%. And especially from asking the fans off the park, they've done 100% the right thing. I think the fans have done the right thing. If they know they're not going to fill them, then just give the tickets away. Make them pay through the nose and pay well, how much, however much it is. Was it like 22 quid or something for that game? 20 quid? Maybe? Oh, I can't. Well, maybe a bit more, but I... Yeah, something like that. But something like that. On the pitch, if you've got... A, how much does Starks Park hold? Like 8,000? 7,500. 11,000, right? 7,500. Say that. Say that. They want to try and get 7,500 and they're not going to do any more. Put it this way, right? Say there's 7,000 fans there, right? It's a 50-50 split, right? You've got 3,500 fans on either side, right? How much extra noise is 200 away fans going to make? 200 extra away fans on top of the fans that are already in the stadium. Yeah, it To take away the home advantage. It used to hold 9,000. All you've got to do is sing louder. My apologies. We're actually... Cammy's closer. It's just under 9,000. Yeah, yeah, it used to be nine. So, yeah, so like I'm saying, so imagine it's three and a half thousand fans split mm-hmm. between the two. Mm-hmm. On the park, as a player, you could have a thousand on the United fans and six thousand uh, Wraith fans there, but your United fans, the away fans, will be making more noise, as what normally happens with a lot of away games, unless you're at Celtic Park or Ibrox, even then sometimes. The away fans still sound like they're making more noise because they're there to just have a good time and enjoy their away day. Yeah, so indeed. on the park, a lot of the time, home advantage only really counts if you're getting backed, and also because you're playing on your home turf. Right. So what's your? It's, what's actually, your... it's more so the pitch. Right. So what's your verdict then? So yes, you agree with it then? Yeah, I agree with it. If you're not going to sell the tickets, then get the money in. Cool, Kieran. Just play a game. Um. I agree with the fact that the fans get to vote on it rather than the chairman just making the sole decision of the club. Cool. I believe I believe that it's it's more about the the family aspect of it, and it's more about engaging the local community rather than having you know. And as a, and as I've quite obviously said as well, because we're tiptoeing around the whole Rangers Celtic thing, but it's that idea of having. Well, essentially, these folk from all over the country coming in, into the ground who don't support local team and just totally wrecking the place and singing another sectarian shite. So, fair enough, Kieran. Fair enough. It was totally not related to what we're talking about, but anyway. And I, I agree with what they've done. Um, at the same time, I think that they've they have actually they've probably done the right thing for them. I just wanted to cause a wee bit of debate on this. No eh? <laughs> shit. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with them I just feel if you want to make it uh, the biggest game of your season it could be then go for it why not that's the way I look at it they've, they've, they've took it the bull by the horns again it's first versus second place after only so many games go for it on the flip side as well if Wraith fans were going right 
we want more tickets, we want to give them like what Hearts have done with their away end, with every other team, then they're more than entitled to do that. Correct. So it's, it's the same away. idea, they and know if that... Was, if it was Dundee United demanding that they want more away, that they want more tickets, like yep. what a lot of the Premier League clubs are doing at Tynecastle at the moment, yeah. then that's when you tell them to go and stuff it. And even if you aren't selling out your stadium, then you'd still be like, well, you're not demanding anything from us. We'll decide, and that's it. Do you know? think as well it goes the other way if it comes to the biggest game of the season at Tannadice? That it means that they'll be more inclined to say, okay, Rafe, no problem, uh, we'll give you the shed. Or if, it don't, if, not, if it's not the shed, then we'll give you the lower and the upper tier of the away end. Only if United don't sell their tickets. Correct. Which is obviously why Rafe have off, put the offer out there. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's The, the, the area that they're talking about is more towards the away end anyway. Yeah. So it's not like they're offering the home end of some sort. They're not offering anything else. They're, they're just saying, right, do you want an extra few hundred tickets? Boom, there you go. Happy days. Just shut off the train. Just shut off the railway for like an hour and a half and stick them on a train. You <laughs> <laughs> portable stand. I think that'll do us for the championship then. Um, I was gonna. I'm gonna move on to another manager. Um, but before we go on that, we'll go for a wee quick stop. So we break in the pod and we are sponsored by Sterna. Sterna is an independent fashion company from Scotland with a Swedish soul. They create high quality and sell attire for on and off the terraces. They were inspired by the terrace cultural lifestyle and music. All their clothing is designed using quality materials and workmanship can combine the very best selling fit for yourself. All this means you get a premium quality fashion at affordable prices. Will you enjoy a secure and simple service? It's that simple. So go to www.sternapparel.co.uk and you can get Andy Dixon. How much can you get off? 10%. And you put in part the bus pod, all one word, and it will give you 10% off, as Mr. Dixon says. Uh, I've also got my glasses. I'm also going to get a couple of things for the winter coming in so keep your eyes peeled for that and check them out so www.stanapparel.co.uk and 10% off at part the bus pod so it's time to move along to ibrox ibrox have had an ups and downs in the past year or say I was going to say Ian Beale there, but Michael Beale obviously leaves the building at the big house, as they say, and he has not been replaced yet, but he's been replaced by Stephen Davis in interim charge. Obviously tonight was a 2-1 loss in Cyprus, uh, with another team that plays in green and white, unfortunately. Um, not a good start to their campaign in general for the league, but in the cup is a bit of a different story, but the league and Europe is also their main targets. Well, the question is, who's going to take over uh, at the big house in Ibrox? Um, the question is, is it going to be somebody experienced? Is it going to be an old head? Is it going to be somebody that's played for the club? Is it going to be somebody out the box, a bit like what Celtic have done for the last year with obviously Big Ange? Ewan, I'm going to come to you first. Who is taking over Ibrox? Honestly, the Maxwell play musical chairs for all the names that are coming out there now. 
Well, funny enough, you say um, um, a few years ago there was um, a, a, a sketch from a certain yes. comedy. Um, it sums up, up sums it up, eh? Yeah, because I remember that was the, to be the chairman um, back when they were having their money troubles. But the thing is, you could say all these names, and they could get none of them. They could get Graham Murphy back in. It depends. Yeah, the absolute dross. The absolute. The biggest issue with Rangers at the moment is the fact that they've mismanaged their funds and who they've backed. If they backed Gerard two years ago before he left and signed Nisbet and signed all the other players he wanted. They probably would have still had Patterson and got ready to have, which would have meant their defence was a hell of a lot better, although maybe a little bit more injured. They would have, you know, actually invested in the team where it needed investment. Because you see a lot now on Twitter and on all the all different forums and that, that a lot of Rangers fans are saying two years ago, after they won the league and that, was when they should have got ready a lot of the, the team. Or at least used them as backups. But now... They never backed Gio last year, really. And now they've backed Beale, who was meant to be the brains behind Gerard, but obviously that's kind of that's kind of came at the fore saying, mm, was he really? Was it down to the two of them? Was it really just Gerard? I'm not too sure, but some of the absolute wasters they've signed this year, no matter who they get in, they're stuck with them. They might be able to get rid of one or two we interrupt this podcast for um, Amy Aitken playing some random music or TikToks in the background. Thanks very much, pal. Thanks, Amy. Uh, where are we? much she was watching. TikTok about Crocs. Lovely. Anyway. Professionalism at its finest. But as I was saying, it doesn't matter who comes in. They might get rid of one or two in January but they're stuck with them until at least next summer, and that's only if someone wants them. But who they might I get think... in? Sorry, when you go, Andy. No, I was just going to agree with you, because I think there's been there's been a bit of a shambles this summer when it comes to recruitment. Um, players that have left, like some of the players that have left, I think then the, the players that have come in, are they up to good? Are they up to standard? And this is the this is half the reason as well. I mean, I'm speaking to players are good because Michael be in hard Rangers playing, but at the same time, it's it's something that you need to. I don't know. I just I think that they, there's just been just that little bit eye off the ball when it comes to Rangers when it comes to, when it comes to the recruitment, and I think when it comes to the manager, I think that. Some of these names that you've seen as well, I don't think they're... It's not what Rangers need at all. Um, Frank Lampard? Mm, I don't know. Kevin Muscat is another one that's seen. Uh, um, John Eustace. Yeah, Mike's breaking up again, Andy. need somebody that's... They need a Brendan Rodgers type. See, for me, if, if, if... I was chatting to uh, one of the guys I'm in my work who's a Rangers fan and he's uh, I said to him it's like if you're a proper big name who's a good coach he obviously just kind of had a bit of a bad time at the, another poison chalice down south and that's uh, Potter yeah well I was just yeah. I was just trying to make the point about him until my mic broke up but Aye. he's probably still got he's probably still got credit in the 
the bank down south because of how, how bad Chelsea are. Um, so I think he'll still have one more. We're back with the connections, folks. It's not been a, it's been a test tonight. <laughs> Aye. But no, what Andy's saying is right, is Potter's probably got a wee bit too much left in the bank. But folk would have said that after Rodgers left Liverpool as well. And then he ended up coming up here. So, you know, it's yeah. kind of swings around. I don't think Graham Potter's going to want to go to Rangers, though, at this point in his career. I feel as though he'll see that as being a bit too much of a step back when he could probably get a decent lower-end Premier League club again, maybe a high-end championship. But then a lot of the names that they're saying are purely just that. They're just names. They're just big names. Yeah. I mean, so, see the thing for me, right, is that Andy's Andy's obviously said about Kevin Musket, right, and how it's a bit of a strange one. And the thing, obviously, we use, the sort of the chat is about, you know, there's nothing really there. I think Kevin Musket's probably the best option here. Um, my reason for that is because it's it's given off the same sort of vibes as Ange Postacoglu. Everyone, when Postacoglu came to Scotland, you know, no one had heard of him. No one knew what football was like in that part of the world, especially living in Scotland. But this was a but Postacoglu was a man who came in winning a treble in Japan. Um, he took Australia to their furthest position in the World Cup in their history. He he made a name for himself in Australia as well, and he had a great market of players, which he's obviously brought in brought in at Celtic, and now we're seeing how well he's doing at Tottenham. Kevin Musket's not far off that. He's won the league in Australia with Melbourne Victory. He's won the league in Japan with Yokohama. Yokohama was the same team that Postecoglou was at and won the treble with as well. So again, this is a guy that's built up a reputation over in that part of the world, um, and seems to have a decent managerial record and has been a manager for over a decade. So he looks like a guy that's got experience behind him. If he can move into the European market and then start to build on his managerial career and also adding to that is that Musket also played for Rangers for a year as well. So he knows the Scottish game before Postacoglu did. He knows what he's getting into. Um, but for any manager, and it doesn't matter who you are, but for any manager with any sort of experience, this is a poison chalice job. And it's it's probably the worst sort of job to take in Britain at the moment. It has to be. Or one of the hardest challenges in Europe. Considering the fact that Celtic have already got an astronomical gap in terms of finances and dominance over the last few years, it's, it's going to take for Celtic for, to fall before Rangers start getting better. Um, Bale's managed to spend 15 million quid in 10 months. And he's brought in players and signed them up on contracts for the next two or three years. So they're already committed to that. So again, whoever comes in, they now have to work with that squad, at least until January as well. So it's, it's Rangers are being run, run as a shambles at the minute. Do you know what I mean? So it's I think their season is it more or less finished already before a ball's been kicked. But <laughs> it's going to take some sort of revival now for someone to come in and change that. I think what you're seeing a lot as well at the moment is a lot of managers that are coming in, especially the Scottish game now that are doing really well, have different dimensions to them when they've been running their teams. Like you said, their Posta Coglu is one of them. Another one that's doing really well at the moment is Stephen Robinson. And it's it's more or less just managers that will be straight talking in the media and just you know, just 
put it plainly, like, this is how we're playing, this is what's happened, this is how I feel, and that's it. But then behind the scenes, you can tell what teams the players are buying into the guy that's managing them and the so, guy that's leading them. And that's half the battle. You know, you could clearly you can clearly see a lot of the time that this Rangers team, they were not playing for Beal at all. They were playing for Pride a little bit and being like, right, I really didn't want to get beat off a, you know, Motherwell, St. Johnston, teams like that. And it's, especially in the old farm game as well, they were like, right, we didn't really want to get beat off them, so we'll put in a wee bit in an effort. But do we really want to win because we kind of want to get rid of this guy? Same thing would have happened with Hibs with other players there, and you can see the difference there as well. So, like I said, it could be new manager comes in, just fires a rocket up the backside, but then takes him to one side as well and goes, right, you're not doing well now. Get the one-on-one management in. And I think that's probably what they need more now, is an actual people-person manager that's got a bit of fire in his gut as well. Mm. It's, I mean, no, totally, you. And I mean, I think you've pretty much hit all cylinders. It's, it goes back to that thing as well with Gerard. And it's, listen, I've spoken about this so many times. And I, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, nothing will change my opinion on that. Is that Gerard was the biggest publicity stunt in Scottish football in the 21st century. And okay, all, in the end, it worked. They won the league. They stopped Celtic winning 10 in a row, um, which was great for Rangers. But, if he wasn't Steven Gerrard he would have been away within the first six months and Mm -hmm. ultimately when you look back on it in the time that he was in charge as well Celtic obviously won two out for their trebles if Gerrard had went sooner and they did bring in albeit Van Van Bronckhorst and a bit earlier then exactly it's all with buts and maybes but where would Rangers be now sacking Van Bronckhorst is the biggest mistake the Rangers have made and I don't know, Andy. I, do, I just this is a Van Bronckhorst managed to take them to a European final and went on that ridiculous run. Of it, won them a Scottish Cup, their first major trophy in a decade as well. Well, well minus the league as well, of course. Van, Bron- um, Van Bronckhorst is a Dutch Neil Lennon. He took someone else's team, done what needed to be done, and done and kind of almost exceeded expectations. But when he was tasked with building his own team, he'd more or less kind of failed at it because he didn't rebuild and he didn't enhance and replace the players of our aging and then becoming you know poorer quality and should have started being phased out mm. it's it's a case I mean it depend, depending who all comes in now it's a major change I think for Rangers the focus shouldn't be and I mean I, I, I'd understand because the amount of money it's spent but the biggest issue at Rangers Football Club has been about stopping Celtic and unfortunately that's not going to happen at the moment that's the the dominance is just far too ahead, and it should be about Rangers rebuilding and regrouping and building on and developing themselves as a club, because you can't the, you can't Rangers change. though. That's the problem. Rangers I, can't Rangers can't yeah. regroup. Rangers can't allow Celtic to get any further because Celtic Celtic's gap has come because of the stuff that happened at Rangers ten years ago. This is because yeah. Celtic were able to just build on this, and this is the problem: is that Rangers have to, they need answers now and this, this is a, this is the issue they've got Oh no, no, I agree, I agree and that, I, like, I, I understand the expectations of the fans, listen if you're spending 800 quid on season tickets then you're expecting some sort of fucking silverware, do you know what I mean it's, um, 
but in terms, it's that constant chasing and chasing Celtic. You're, it's mm-hmm. it shouldn't be about that the Rangers anymore. They can't. <laughs> they need to get rid of that. Until the, until the end of time, it'll be like that because that's just yeah, the rivalries. The rivalries just that deep ingrained mm-hmm. in the culture yeah. of the club, especially with the club having a lot of Rangers directors as well on the board. Yeah, and I mean, and by the way, and that's how it was in the nineties. That's how it was in the nineties. Celtic chased Rangers. It's just yes. opposite to how it was how it is now. Um, so I don't know. They're so. It's, I don't think they're going to get a quick appointment either. I think they're going to drag their heels on this. Um, is there any more to say on that? I suppose one of us is going to have to offer to take over now because Cammy's mm. away. Oh Christ! He's, he's, he's done it last week, or no? Uh, I'm just, just I'm just raging at the fact that that's now been a couple of mar- these two managers, so Johnson and Beale, who have folk have went. Oh no, nah, he's got to get sacked this week, and they've been sacked that week. And I'll be like, Nah, look, you've got this game and this game and this game. The board's still no one to sack them too early. I'll get them till Halloween. And then they'll get sacked after that. Next thing I can, two days later, sacked. Well, then get me wrong. But the time we, the time we get them in the semi, the semi final, they'll be, they'll be fucking prime time Barcelona. Oh, aye. Right. Um, Naismith might be sacked by that point. Oh, see the manager. You may get, you may get moved back to technical director. Eh? <laughs> the water <laughs> boy or something or whatever. But uh, well, mate, I, we got we got knocked out, we, we got knocked to a cut we got knocked to a cup where a team doesn't even care who the manager is, man. Like yeah, we man. do know who the manager is announced <laughs> two weeks ago. Anyway, <laughs> what, do you want to talk about something this weekend? Um, Aye, what are we talking about? I can't I, I can't hear you because of that connection again. The biggest star being Scottish football. Aye, let's, basically uh, the biggest star. Let's let well. Before we move on to that, I'll let you two wrap up that wee bit because there's just uh, one sort of wee thing to cover and I'm pretty sure the three of us can just fire through this pretty quickly since Cammy's not here. So another wee bit of info that I sort of had um, when I sent my notes to the chat was the cinch deal for the SPFL. So a five-year agreement, which is going to be ending two years early, that cinch have basically came out and made a statement yesterday. Um so since we're providing one point five million a season to to the SPFL um to cover their sponsorship. Um this comes off the off the back of the whole Rangers fiasco when Rangers basically were against Cinch taking up sponsorship in the leagues because of their partnership with another um transport company that they had at their club that was basically conflict and interest. So aye, it's um Doncaster was basically warned um beforehand. But he went ahead with the deal anyway, and now we've been shot in the foot. So, since Doncaster's been in charge since what 2009, I think this is now his fourth sponsorship deal for the SPFL. So, I, I think that's right, that could be wrong. And now looking ahead to the next sponsorship. So, just quickly, what do you think of that? I think it gives us scope to be able to get a better one and to get us more money. But other than that, again, why would you have a break clause that's there for the title sponsor. Surely the break clause you would have thought would have came from the leak the SPFL itself rather than the actual people that are sponsoring it. It's more more a case of it's a three year deal with a two year with a chance of a two year extension 
rather than a five-year deal with a three-year break clause. Exactly. That's something that I wasn't too sure and understanding about really, but you know, I, I put it in the chat. I put it in the chat before. Ever since the cinches came, not gonna lie, everyone just relates to it as the cinch now. Yeah, ah, you know, it's, it's not the Premier. It's not the Premier League. It's the cinch. Yeah. So you would have thought they would have got their money's worth. Obviously, a lot of it came from the battle with Park uh, Parks of Hamilton and uh, Rangers not obviously blacking out their sponsorship which will you know reduce their numbers by a vast amount but I don't know I think we can do a lot better money wise than one and a half million pounds a season for the SPFL my thing is though is who wants who wants that yeah and this is the problem nobody and this is the issue that you've got is that since we're a company that were looking to make their way into the British market. They went, they went and sponsored everything. Um, but the thing is now, who's who's out there that's going to pay more than £1.5 million? Well, I mean, Scottish Gas seem to be chucking their money at everything. So. Well, this is, well, this is the thing as well, though, is that have the Scottish Gas went and they've, they've obviously spent, spent on the Scottish Cup, Scottish Power have spent for the... have went and spent on the, on the ASWPL. So... We're running at the energy companies for that. It then comes down to banks, but at the same time, we're, we've got a we've got a a board and a, a governing body, as as in the SPFL, who, within t- ten years ago, were telling people that the league was going to was going to toil because of Rangers not being in it. So they they deliberately put they they put their product down to try and benefit to benefit that situation. Doncaster was publicly saying you can Google it, you can see what right. he said. That he was slating his own product. Why are you going to deal with? Why are you going to deal with someone um, and give them more money to a product that they don't actually believe in themselves? How is how as well as someone decided and came up with him having a four hundred grand salary? It's mental. Eh? How, how and surely that's not means tested or anything. Is like it's not um, performance based either. It's just it fucking can't be. Look yeah. at the samples of our games in. Um, and when it comes to marketing and everything else, like and everyone else that's on that board as well that gets paid for it, if it's not from their own money and they're not from obviously from the clubs, then how they can pay themselves that much money and then go, yeah, we've not got enough money for these grassroots pitches, yeah, we've not got enough money for this for the clubs, yeah, we can't do this, we can't do that. Then you start, then you pay yourself just shy half a million pound when you can't even make triple that on a yearly sponsorship deal. Exactly, and the thing is as well, I mean, we're obviously we're talking about the sponsorship, but we're going to end up going back. They've got, what have we, what have we got? Six months, if you're lucky, to find a sponsor for next season. Um, well, and then, hard. well, hi. And then you've got the you've got the point of, well, if we don't get it, are we going to go back to what we've done a couple of years ago? We're having the vodka sponsor. The or just having none for three years. Well, hi, exactly. Um, so, aye. Well, the thing is, as well, and we obviously we talk about the we talk about the SPFL. What's the other competition that the SPFL are in charge of? The League Cup. That's going to be sponsorless next season as well. Uh, exactly. Um, so we're we're talking about two competitions that the SPFL run that are not that so far for twenty four twenty five don't have sponsors. We're in the shittest TV deal that you can think of. Um, 
And if it wasn't for the fans, this the the whole thing would be gone fucking in this morning. Because you're mean, right, the fans the fans engaged with Sinch, and the, the the fans gave Sinch far more than they paid for when it comes to advertising. But they got their name dragged through the mud by the Rangers versus the SPFL. Yeah, I reckon. Right, seeing as James Anderson's obviously given so much money as it is to the league and to the grassroots and all that sort of stuff, that he should just take a leaf in his own book and just be like, right, I'll sponsor the League Cup for a year. Here's a couple million. Take that every year. Let Hearts have a B team in the actual professional. Let Hearts B team get promoted every year. And I guarantee well, you they'll take it. The James Anderson Hearts B League Cup. <laughs> yawn, yawn, fucking yawn. I was just about to say, as much as that would be an issue in regards to him sponsoring and obviously his company, I think that's too much a conflict of interest. But you weren't having a serious point. You just won't. Well, it, it, it was 50% serious. But the thing is, he's the only one that's he's only genuinely, and it, oh, he is a board of director at Tarts now, so that's a conflict of interest probably there anyway. But he's the only one that's tried to put pump money into the game, even through COVID and stuff, where... The SPFL one of that baller that was just about getting self take the title. That's all they cared about. And the Moton News started relegating. What's that? I was going to say the Moton News, but it's relegation, isn't it? Shut your fucking hole. (laughs) (laughs) um, What's our our, our left field um, sponsorship? Who do we want then? Lothian Country. Lothian Country. (laughs) Uh, Conflict of interest, that. Um, I would. Well, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the the um I'm gonna put my wee sort of soapbox and then my preacher. I think that we need to avoid going for any bookies or oh, any bevy or anything like that. I think there was um there was obviously that big stigma that came out a few years ago where <laughs> again the 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 SFA were promoting sort of um you know, gambling awareness and all that sort of thing. When their two domestic cups and their main sponsor league were all sponsored by different bookie companies, um, you had Labrooks, William Hill, and Betfred all involved at the same time. So again, I think we should avoid that. I think we should, as I said, we should probably avoid alcohol. So I don't know. I think there's banks. There's who, who's got money? Who's got who's who's got the biggest pots of money? Amazon, Netflix. Do they fancy maybe taking on it? Oh, yeah, imagine, imagine Amazon took on the SPFL, and then we managed to get a TV deal with them as well. So, well this, is, this is what I'm saying, mate. Is that we we all live in this fantasy. We all, we all live in this fantasy where do you know what? It's like fucking I like let's do let's just do something ridiculous. Like sign a deal with YouTube or Netflix, show all the games, <laughs> give us X amount of potless money. And we'll just fucking advertise your channel everywhere. <laughs> like, well, right, let's go back to a bit more certain, a bit more famous. What about Greg's? Mm, no, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I, but no. <laughs> but no, that's, that's the thing is that genuinely, as energy companies are banks, but even I don't, both of them, you get negative feedback for probably both of them at the moment, especially energy Aye. companies. Aye. Well, and banks because they're ripping off everyone too. Yeah. Speaking as a guy who's just renewed his mortgage. <laughs> well, what, about this, well, what about the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund? Yes. Fuck. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> fine. 
but they've got to buy all 42 teams as well. <laughs> all 75% on. <laughs> Edinburgh City's just got... Oh, man. Edinburgh Every team's in green and white. <laughs> After that. Saudi Arabians coming to watch fucking Edinburgh City in Meadowbank. You've just but, got one big... You've just got... They just dig up the whole M8 as well and just have one big massive stadium in Coat Bridge that was showcased. <laughs> Oh, there'll a be no single track roads left. A five hundred thousand seater stadium for East Stirling. <laughs> <laughs> no, just for everyone. <laughs> the whole of Scotland. Well, it'll just be the West versus East. Seaters. It'll be it'll be West Scotland versus East Scotland. Scotland salt and yeah. sauce and salt and vinegar. <laughs> what a sauce. Um, <laughs> so. On on that note, um, are you both? I feel sorry. I feel like I've kind of just taken charge here. Because just do it. Just at, do it. At this at this moment, um, we don't. Well, have there a is. Oh, there he is. The wanderer returns. The wanderer returns. Yeah, he texted me twenty two minutes ago, going, "I'm away for a drink." He must have walked up to his Mars for a drink. We just <laughs> we just uh, we just took over your podcast, Gary. But um, now that you're back, you can finally find out what the next segment's going to be because these yeah. two are choking to talk about it. What so. We're going to move on to the biggest football match in the whole of Scotland this weekend. And no, Kelly are not playing there. Lithgow Rose are not playing Bones. It is indeed the Edinburgh Derby. The famous draw derby, nil-nil snooze fest. So, most most of them so will be now. like that. So wait now, I both, saw both of them have went on mute as soon as I've said that. <laughs> so wait now, have I, have I missed the Livy takeover then, have I? Oh shit! Aye, yeah. Fucking, there's going to be a lot of editing for you today, by the way. How's that? Um, but just there's been so much back and forward. So after the three rambling on about the singe and everything else in between, we are going to go actually miss the Edinburgh Derby just now and go to. Tony Macaroni Arena. Also, there has been announcement that there is a new owner at Livingston Football Club. Um, he saved Morton Rolls and he saved other businesses with his business contacts and everything else in between. Um, the name isn't normally one that also rings a bell. He kind of keeps himself to sell, it seems. Set up a new company and other things in between. Also, Livingston had John Ward as CEO and also Dave Black, uh, sorry, John Ward as the owner now and Dave Black as CEO. The only thing that has changed behind the scenes is also years ago with Derek White obviously moving to Hibs. Um, obviously operations and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the, the, the biggest news was the takeover as such. There's no, Mention of a money wise being taken over, there's nothing mentioned. So his name is John McOgovo. Ogov? Sorry, but in here quickly. See that boy you said that went to Hibs? Is he the admin boy? He does like football operations. Yeah, so he's the the guy that mucked up Bashiri. Yeah, he's the one that mucked up up. the League Cup, mate. Yes. Yeah, and he mucked you up the year before or something. He done something a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. Sure kept him. Anyway, continue. Anyway, so I don't know how to say, I just say his second name. Um, Andy, you're not going to come to the rescue to help me here. I've got to go for about two seconds. I'll sort you. You just keep going. So, yeah, he set up a company called Baycott Limited. Um, they've successfully completed the acquisition of the majority stake in Livingston Football Club. 
Um, I mean, there's just something about it for me. It sounds all good on paper, like it usually does. Like any new owner coming in, oh hey, here we go, yay! Um, he's made announcements that he wants to buy the stadium off uh, West Lothian Council, which seems yeah, sounds a good plan because also there's they're actually now spending more on rent than they ever have, uh, more electricity and everything else in between because it's also rented. Um, yeah. Um, what else did you say? He said something about giving Martindale a new contract, even more of a reason for me not to turn back up to the Tony McInerney either. Uh, what else have we got? I mean, that's about it at the moment. Both had talked that he's going to write off the debts for the season, so we're also secure. He needs us to be in the Premiership next season to do what he wants to do. If the club do get relegated, I really don't want to know what to have a thought of what happens to Bast. Um, who's um, who's us? What do you mean? I, I thought you weren't a Levy fan anymore. Always be a Levy fan, mate. Just didn't <laughs> go to the games. It's like what half the Rangers and Celtic fans do. Hey, uh, I'm only winding. I'm only winding you up. Yeah, I mean. I, I, I get that the talk about Martindale, yeah, he's obviously done a very good job, blah, 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 and budget-wise and all that, yeah, but maybe somebody else could do an even better job, and don't be arrogant about it and don't whatever, but we'll not go into that. Give him a contract, I don't know. Uh, if anyone wanted to give him a contract somewhere else, I think they would have done it by now. Um, if Livingston want to go down a road where they need to invest money to get the community back, is our money getting hindered in some other way that we don't know? Is our money getting paid back from other ex-directors we don't know we've just been told that there's a new owner and there wasn't meant to be investment from anybody uh, due to court cases so is this all finalised is the court cases finished there's still a lot to be answered um, I've heard the Missoni talk years ago I heard the Pierce Flynn talk years ago I heard the Livingston 5 um, talk years ago that we're going to be the next best thing in the Premiership and it never happened and then the year that we almost went bust we end up getting promoted to the fucking Premiership so yeah I don't think it's something that people can be happy with just yet until something more happens with it. Martin Dale's already came out saying he's not going to get any more money from transfer market in January, it's going to be a season of upfield battles with every club in the league to try and stay in it and then hope for the best in the new year. With He wants to keep players at the club, he wants to keep the likes of Bruce Anderson, obviously, he wants to keep Penrice. Again, it all relies on having money to invest. Other thing I'll finish it on, he wants to get involved with the community more. Well, I've said this for many years, the club have lacked to also get involved with the community. We know that the area is also predominantly a bigger team's uh, town. Ranger Celtic, Hearts, Hibs comes to mind. Uh, obviously it's down the road for a lot of people and their mum and dad's and granny and granddad's also support them for a young age the only way they can get involved with the community is by giving out tickets without obviously a sponsor to pay for them they need to underwrite the losses get people bundled on seats and obviously try and attract the next generation of fans but they didn't do it at the start when they got promoted to the Premiership which I thought would be a great time to do it underwrite the losses, just go for it but hey ho. Anyone else want to continue with this one? I've said my bit. At the end of the day, it's it sounds like a good idea, but yeah. We'll um, comes. I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna particularly continue with it. I just wanna come up with the fact that uh, Cammy brought up uh, 
in the Sony. And I will never forget the night when I sat in a room full of fully grown adults at the AGM. This is back when I was like 10-year-old Kieran. And Roberto Landy was the manager. And we were sitting next to Missoni. And they told a room full of fully grown men and women that Livy were going to win the league. And then the season after, we were going to win the Scottish Cup. <laughs> That's, well, I the just thought, so... No, this is when the Italians were in charge. This was yeah. like 2008. Well, we won, well, we won, <laughs> well, the thing is, we won the League Cup, obviously, with fucking Dominic Keane. And yeah. he was just as bad as the rest of them. So, yeah. why... Sorry, the, the only thing I'm taking for that is why was a 10-year-old boy at the AGM? Oh, my dad took me. I'm not going to lie, I was there as well, so... I just couldn't think it. See, at 10, I couldn't think of anywhere else I would rather not be. Is that a fucking thing? Uh, <laughs> well, I don't think they're like, the time, they're like sitting in the pub half the time before the games because we'd cool. be there like three or four hours before the game. I'm like, I just want to watch some football, have a can of Coke and go home. Ah, like, Maybe play some pool. Let's go to the like, EGM. No, let's not. Well, anyway. Right. Just, <laughs> well, just to finish it quickly. I want to hear a good fully. Just to finish it quickly. So, men shouting at a chairman because they've not won the league yet. What happened was it was quite funny. It was it happened just beforehand. The supporters set up their own player of the year night, so no first team players were going to go to the official one, and they were going to go to another hotel or another place to do an unofficial player of the year awards because they hate the owner that much. Um, and also the administration was just beckoning around the corner by then, so um, I. Yeah, what, fun things. What do you think then, quickly, in, in regards to stuff that's stayed and made and everything else, and you talk about trying to buy that ground, and you talked about the rent that they're spending. So the rent used to be 60000 Uh-huh. And now it's supposedly trebled. So how much is that? You work it out, I'm not saying anything. About 180 I, I knew how much it was. I wanted to see if you could work it I out. Know. I, I, no, I, I didn't know what I'm hurt himself. I'm just saying that people have been telling me that... <laughs> Certain things have been like the electricity is, is trebled, this is trebled, There you go, that's um, just life in general. No, no, yeah. what they were saying was they were saying that, yeah, yeah, taking to effect this, taking to effect that, and still only getting 900 a week pretty yeah. much through the door. It doesn't it doesn't always work, does it? What? So, in regards, do you think you could afford the stadium to buy it, or do you think that are you would you be better cutting your losses and building something, something else? The other thing that got said was I don't know if you I don't know if you, this is from a certain ex uh, chairman on the board at one point, but he said that years ago the best thing that Livingston could do is knock it down and rebuild. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, I mean to be fair, Cammy, you you kind of probably sarcastically laughed at me in the chat yesterday about that, but I, I mean, as I said, I, I'm glad Andy brought that up because it just seems like the most sensible decision, does it not? If Livingston FC did not get to the Premiership, we would have sold the stadium probably three years ago now and moved up to Dean's where they were going to build this new super stadium that would have the speed bikes and end up being like cow and beef. Do you not own, do you, you own the stadium? We don't own the stadium, we lease the stadium. But we pay stadium. rent. I was going to say, when you say we Thanks again. Uh, the rumour is we never owned it in the first place. Right, anyway, I think we've, we're going about in the circles. Right, we're going a wee but... bit in a rabbit, rabbit hole here. Well, no, because it, so it is almost related a wee bit because it all goes back to previous owners selling the club for a quid and selling this for a quid. 
and there's meant to be a rumour when Missoni obviously owned a lot of debt to the council, the new owners came in and obviously just gave it to the council for nothing. The big, the the big issue as well, though, is if something like that was to happen now, so that, say, Livy decides, right, we're not going to play at Amundville anymore, we're going to either not... We're going to buy the land, knock down the stadium and rebuild it again, or we're going to go somewhere else and build a new stadium. Like you say, does it go something like Cowden Beast, or does it maybe go the same way like Lesser Hamden's went? Well, the rumour was and that Tesco were going to buy the ground. Could, um, you, could you forget to order seats like Hearts did? You know, there's so many different catastrophes that could happen. That's three fucking pops, by the way. You're getting it. <laughs> So, no, I, I think in general, I think he has ideas to make it more commercial viable, selling at the stadium for concerts and other weird and wonderful events that you can Man, have on just, it. just get loads of partners, that's what Hibs have done. Yeah, but what he's saying is it's all well and good getting partners, but the stadiums, it could be more of a hub than people think. Livingston's turned into a, a town now, there's, there's no nightclubs, really. There's no proper nightlife. and that proper rave on the pitch, that would be yeah. fucking broad. How, how, how about it? Well, well the disco lights park kid. Fucking base hunter, Aye. man, in a 10,000 seat of stadium. Here we go. <laughs> um, nah, I think he's looking at, he's, McDonald's the thing is, he said as well, though, that if they wanted to do something like that, it wouldn't go to Livingston. The what? Or the, the gigs? You're saying about gigs and other commercial viable. Aye, because you don't own the stadium, so you. It would go straight to it'd be a council uh, venture. Right, yeah. Um, and that's the council would want to make them buckle for it, but yeah. and that's why he wants to get more involved with the community. Sometimes their hands are tied; they can't get involved completely because they don't. Obviously, yeah, it's it's a difficult one. There's also more to it than meets the eye, and that's what makes me worry a wee bit. It's false promises that you'll get said again and again and again. And is it going to go down the route of yeah, we will move in say maybe five years, but where are we going to go? Are we going to turn into Bathgate FC, are we? Well, put Mate, it this way, right? See if Levy had bought the stadium, Bubbles would still be open now. Why? Because the council would have had the money and then they could have put it in to keep Bubbles, bubbles open. What the fuck? Maybe the football club would no, be I'm going to fucking clip this. You and Armour's now saying that Bubbles is fucked because of Livingston Football Club, guys. <laughs> <laughs> what can he go what can I go for money? If Livy, what shoot for the last twenty years because of Livingston Football Club? There you go. You've heard it here. Because of Italians, because of Italians, not because of Tony Mark, because it's because of certain Italians that Bubbles is shot and doing after COVID. I enable a big man. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the fact that council neglected the fucking swimming pool, no? It's, aye, but if Livy actually just bought the stadium instead of renting it off the council, then. Well, there you go. For 160 grand a year, we're, we're, we're paying council's cheek cheek executive. Sorry. I reckon, I reckon if Edinburgh City actually just bought Meadow Bank 140 facilities, wouldn't shut down in Edinburgh. Exactly, mate. Yeah, and, and maybe Edinburgh City could just do what uh, Livingston did and just share their ground and turn into Meadow Bank FC in Livingston, then. <laughs> there you go. We're the wonderful things. Anyway, back to uh, the Probably triggered like a whole fucking generation of people. I think we'll just, like, I think we'll just open the fucking can of worms. But anyway, um, bring back Ferranti Thistle. Oh, here we go! For fuck's sake, you chop. I I don't know what else to say to it. I, I just obviously, yep, still like them, still love them, whatever, still a fan, right? No doubt about it. But 
there's reasons why I, I, I knew there was something in the background that just stunk of shit and it, it stinks it, of shit to me. Does it start, is it right with Mavid Dartendale? What do you what do you make of the fact that he's going to get another extension on his contract? Supposedly, it, it means they're going to lose out in fucking about a grand a year for me, my grand and my dad. Then, aye, because you only pay for two season tickets. No, no, no my grand, <laughs> my grand, not going anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's the Scottish government pays for me. It's all right. Right, what, 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 what I was going to say, what do you mean you you did pay anything? What right back to football before we, before we fucking. <laughs> Another financial yeah, anyway. status of Cammy Watkins. Thanks very much. Anyway, um, what was it right? So back to back to football. Back to obviously Levy Martindale's got a new contract. Do you think that he's not got one yet? It's been hinted that he's going to get offered a, a long term deal. Do you think he should get one? Do you think no. that? Do you think there's no. a better candidate out there for Livingston? Based yes. bear in mind that everything that Livingston is. Livingston's been Livingston's identity. Do you think there's somebody better for Livy than than Martindale? Yes, for his wages, for what the club want to do going forward with a new owner. Bear in mind the, the ambitions, you know, for the mm. ambitions and the club going forward, and what the club need to do on and off the pitch to be what they want to be, which is obviously mm. a top set club, as they say, um, yeah. taking for St Mirren's model and all that kind of stuff, and what Mother will do for the community. Take them two into into context and bring them together is pretty much what Livingston want to be, and by doing that, you need to think out the box. You go, you don't need a, a manager that, yeah, we've helped him in life in general. Let's be honest. If it wasn't for us, he wouldn't be where he is now. But it goes both ways. It, it goes both ways to this to the extent of things always need to change. We had David Hopkins for only two years. He's probably been the best manager in Livingston's history since obviously League Cup one. And obviously Leishman going through the leagues years ago, but for what David Hopkins did by a budget with David Martindale involved was better than what Martindale's done now in the Premiership in my opinion. Um, I feel that yeah we have pushed up above our weight, but it's there's been times where we could probably be better, and all good things come to an end. Martindale didn't win a game and didn't win in ten games or something like that. And any other club would be sacked, he'd be out the door. But they were hoping. I, I generally think Livingston actually thought that David Martin wouldn't be there at the end of last season. You think so? You think he'd have just left? Because I either think he would have left, or somebody would have came in, in for him for either a more of a director of football role or more of a a role of a kind of chief scout kind of thing. Because I'm not going to lie to you, David said, and people know, and I know myself that he is technically a three in one job. Yeah, he does de- direct the football. He does managing the team, he, he probably does four things actually, coaching, and he does his fucking own transfers. They don't fix the toilets and sweep the car park as well. Well, that's up to well, him. Yes. Um, I'm not going to lie that this is one reason why I said it to myself the other day, is you only come so far of who you are. At the end of the, the, end of the, the, the season last year, I said to myself, the only way the club's going to develop is by getting away from this mentality of a guy that's been in through the club. But yeah. maybe it'd be good if Davey had somebody that's been and done it somewhere and just broke the bank. Maybe he talks about also he talked about also having to cut the budget, right? Well, why not cut the budget even more and get somebody that's gonna enhance you even better off on and off the field? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying Davey doesn't take a good wage, but are you you trying to tell me he doesn't take good money out of the club like? 
Are you trying to tell me he doesn't actually make a good living out of Livingston? He'll make a good living, but I don't think it's anything above board. And I don't, from everything that's been shared with, you know, the public about Livingston Football Club, mainly for Martin Dale and all his press interviews, is Livy are skint at the moment. And until the new guy that's taken over starts getting his, you know, boosting your commercial income and getting some more revenue, then I think he's are pretty much, I think that's why he wants to stick Ty Martin Dale down. So that way, if he does leave and someone else comes in for him, he's actually get some money for him. And it's not just a... Yeah, that's fair oh, enough. I, but the only way I look at it is... It's now just after the January transfer window. We're going to take your manager. Yeah. Good luck finding someone else for the wage that he's on. He's going to do as good a job as what he's done keeping in the league. Totally get that. But same could be said about other other teams and other, other times. I mean, Stephen Robinson done a fantastic job at Motherwell. I mean, got the chop fucking a year later after the cup final and that. So, the way I look at it is, yeah, all good things come to an end. I think we're, we're in this position where Martindale hasn't been the manager for over, over, almost over 10 years, but he's been involved with a club for over 10 years. And he's been a, he's been a very mainstay in decision-making and that for a guy that's came from nothing, he's obviously now pretty much the top man in the club, out with the CEOs and stuff. But for the size of Club Livingston War, we mean Kieran were supporting them, to now, there's half the staff. And I'm talking almost championship level here. Um, I just, it's just my opinion for it. All good things come to an end. And the fairy tale of Livingston getting promoted in that is that long, away, that long ago now that we had a chance to change with Kenny Miller. That was never going to work, let's be honest. Um, and Martindale also got the chance after Gary Holt. And he's, he's taken it, and I and fair play to him. But then there's people that I know that haven't went back either because of certain reasons. And I'm not giving money to a club, but I don't actually know where it's going. Is it actually going to a club? Does my money actually mean anything to somebody? Does that, does Aye, paying back all your that? former owners. What's that? Paying back all your former owners more, than, more yeah, likely but there, but rather there you than go. actually funding the club. But there you go. That's, that's the whole point. And I'm old enough now to kind of appreciate more that I'd rather support something for local and, and and do that and spend less money on something that I enjoy more. Well said, Cammy. I mean, I never thought I would do it eh, last year, but me and my dad kind of looked at each other and went, I think this is the time, eh? Shit saying it. I'm not going to lie, I miss walking down to the stadium, parking the car, or going away games. A long fucking walk for your granny's spare room. How it is now, anyway, aye. <laughs> but I miss, I, miss, I miss doing things. I miss... I was twenty years. I was I was going every week. It's difficult, but me and my dad talk about it and say we had our good times. We we we'll never we we'll never say we we'll have our bad times. But it's now got to the stage where I'm no interested. I'm no there's something about something talking about money and that. And then you're going to sign players and you can't play them every week because he can't afford the fucking. He's not earning enough money to get a a, a permit here to live and work. Pish, stinks of shit, man. Stinks of shit. So the Edinburgh Derby? Can we move on? Edinburgh Derby, yeah, I'm starting to feel a wee bit sad now. Yeah, Aye. thanks for that. Cheers. This is going to be this is going to be the saddest takeover ever. <laughs> Brand new owners looking to increase the revenue of the team, looking to maybe buy a stadium, get the manager tied down to a contract. This is great. This is shit. I'm going to cry. 
Because I'm gutted seeing a team that's winning games. Because I'm, I'm, I've heard it all before. And I'm not I like watching a team Keenan. in the room, Cammy, that's why. Well, put it this way, right? Cammy, put it this uh, way. Kieran, Kieran's actually quite good at the fact he supported them at the same time. Kieran went through Pierce Flynn and went through Missoni, two owners that promised the world, and said the same thing as, uh, as uh, John there, said the same thing as John Ward beforehand, that the club's all saying up, it's asleep in this, it's, it's on the up. And at the end of the day, it's never happened. So, Edinburgh Derby, uh, where were we playing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Andy, you and you're the two Hibs and Hearts fans in this pod. Okay. Uh, I mean, there was another derby the other week that it was Bonnig versus Spartans, but we'll talk about the smaller derby then, shall we? Right, well, it's not really an Edinburgh derby because Bonnig's uh, not really an Edinburgh. Edinburgh so, Livingston's in Edinburgh. With Kenneth Livingston tried to fucking claim both hearts and hips as a, as a rival, and they were like, nah, we're it's good. It's alright, Lodi and Bush is going out it, so it's close enough. Oh, Cammy, by the way, um, Lodi. Didn't he spoil it? Didn't he spoil it? Didn't he spoil it? Let me go back and listen. Fuck off. Tell me now. Oh. Nah. Anyway, Darby time, you in. How, what we thinking? Derby time. Probably the, probably the only derby in the whole world that doesn't actually get a TV slot. Yes. Yep. Was that four times in a row now? Yeah, four yeah. times, yeah. Pretty rotten, isn't it? Second time in a row it's not been on pay-per-view either. Yeah. I all yeah, because... Talking about that. There was a big debate on that. <laughs> I all because of the Sky deal that we've got. Yep. Doesn't really help. Um, I think this is probably the most... Potential 50-50 derby where Hibs fans actually feel confident enough to say that we might actually win it. That's news to my fucking ears because I love it when you get confident Hibs fans. It makes me feel a bit easier. Well, I I think think a lot of Hibs fans now are very... They try to be quietly confident because we could be high-flying, unbeaten. This could be the last game of the season. We're 39, 37 wins out of 38. This is the 38th game of the season. We could be playing at Easter Road. And you could have... Coming to relegate hearts. Relegate and hearts. Then all you need to do is win. Yep. All oh, we've been there. Win, and you have three players sent off in the first five minutes. And for some odd reason, Lauren Shanklin will end up popping up with that giant forehead of his in the eighth to ninth minute and score a header for the halfway line and it trickles over the line because our keepers went up for a corner or something. <laughs> and then you said you said beat us. And genuinely that is what I feel would happen ninety percent of the time, especially at Tynecastle, when Hibs fans get confident. Yeah, so it's one of these is that both clubs are have been are both hit and mass. Obviously you have changed your manager now. Mm-hmm. Um but again even then obviously he's won the league cup he's won in the league cup. He's got one league one. Montgomery's got one league one. Two draws. Aye. aye. One. So, aye. So, in total, he's got two wins and two draws. So, he's two wins, two draws. It's not, I mean, it's not setting the world alight, but at the same time, it's better than Lee Johnson, obviously. But we're obviously 
hat mass 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 hat hat and it's it's just one of these is it depends how obviously how we turn up how we handle it obviously how Hibs handle it as well um I don't know because first half against Kelly I thought we were really good Devlin was on when Devlin didn't play second half he didn't play against Ross County it made us just that wee bit slower in the middle of the park so I mean if he plays I think that it's certainly going to be it's certainly going to help us um, obviously a couple of injuries here and there but we're going to be harsh with injuries Same with us we're still looking at a couple as well but um I think definitely it's going to be a massive tactics battle because this will be the this will be Montgomery's first big proper test. Yeah, coming into his biggest game so far, and the downfall of a lot of managers and derbies is, especially if they're away from home, is playing to nullify the opposition rather than taking the game to them. Yeah, count. I know for a fact speaking for watching for the Hibs side, countless times we've went to Tynecastle. We've played the same formation all season, no matter what game it is, and then we play against Hearts, and then we change, and we stick like five in the middle of the park. Yeah, we've done that at Easter Road. We've done that at Easter Road the last time, but for some weird reason, they just totally changed it up, and it was it was the worst. Up and at that point, it was probably for a good while. It was the worst that we'd played under the the three baldies that are in the dugout at the moment. Eh? So exactly. So I'm not. I'm... I can see it playing and being a draw because derbies are... They're never good football spectacles as well. Absolutely not. I don't think I've ever seen a derby. I think maybe the only one that I think actually had some decent football for a decent spell of the game was actually the semi-final. I mean, Kingsley scored the free kick. The last semi-final, aye. Aye. Uh, We got beat, but I actually feel as though that was the last time when Hibs and Hearts both Kind of actually played some football in yeah. the game. Again, it's derbies. I mean, the, the, you're lucky if Gate if football breaks out. Um, all obviously, it's nerves, isn't it? But a lot of nerves. To be fair, you get if it finishes now, now it just it wouldn't surprise me uh, whatsoever. Um, in regards to that, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not confident at all. But probably it's because I'm never confident in derbies. Yeah. As soon as you start getting confident for a derby, that's when you know you've lost it before yeah. the game's even started. I think it'll be it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. There's um, gonna be goals. Let's say there'll be a goal fest, there'll be fucking none. No, nah, right? it'll, it'll be it'll be a, the way that we've been playing recently is there'll be the only thing we never done at the weekend there was score. And the only reason Dundee had two chances was because we gave them the ball. When we had like one defender back, but the many shots on goal we've been having, but it just leaves our defence completely bare. So there's going to be goals, regardless of what end they're going to be at. Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully they're just, we'll see, obviously, how it goes. I mean, Naismith needs a win. He needs to win. As simple as that. Obviously, we've both got semi finals coming up, but I'd say that Naismith definitely needs a win because he's only just. After the way the seasons went, he's only just starting to get people maybe back on side. Obviously, we've already had bed sheets uh, hanging off things already. We've had things spray painted on the side of the walls um, by a select few. So 
I mean, he, he definitely needs to win. Um, I think there's obviously far more pressure on Neesmith. Uh, and Hearts, obviously, it's at home as well. Um, so, And again, Rangers are playing St Mirren on Sunday, which means that the if the one can catch up either on one of them, I'd imagine it'll probably be catch up on St Mirren. But again, it seems strange to be saying that in October, mind. But yeah, uh, Edinburgh Derby... The best thing about Edinburgh Derby as well is that it's a full away end. There's none of this, no away fans or 15 away fans that are hand-selected. It is a full end. It makes a great atmosphere. Three o'clock on a Saturday. Okay, it should have the TV exposure. Um, I don't think there's any other league in the world that wouldn't have this on TV. Um, but at the same time, it just means that fans will be ha- half the fans will be cut. And it means there'll be uh, just that wee bit more atmosphere. So... I, I it's one of the games. I can't I can't wait. I can't wait at the same time. Um, but again, it depends on the result. I mean, if come quarter to five, if if we've won the game, it doesn't matter how the football's went. Um, and I'd imagine it'll be it's vice versa for yourself. Um, my phone will be off if that's the case because I'm just a bad fucking loser. <laughs> well, I've got an engagement party to go to that night as well, so um, I'll be half cut regardless of what the score is. <laughs> so you might like keep your phone off. You might like keep your phone off until the Sunday afternoon or something, Andy. Nah, lucky you. Um, obviously, I've got the kids, so unfortunately, it will be a dry weekend uh, for me because Claire is working too. Um, obviously, Kieran, are you anything to say on this? Are you just playing FC Twenty Four? EAFC, actually, full name. Okay, right. We put in the advertisement at the start of the pod. Um, if I've got anything to say, I mean, I, I, I think you and kind of said it as well. I've been to three Edinburgh derbies. I've had the pleasure of um, being at both grounds and also sitting in the away end of Easter Road, which I'm not going to lie, it was pretty good. Um, but every time, I, every time it comes round to the derby, I always get myself hyped up for it. But it's always a bit, bit dry. The Edinburgh derby never really seems to sort of hit that that entertainment spark and. I think it is. I mean, okay, this is. I know Andy's going to love me saying this, and you're probably going to fall out with me. But growing up as as kids, it was always Hearts. You always knew Hearts to win pretty much all the time in these sort of games. Um, and Hearts has dominated for years upon years in the Edinburgh Derby. But now it's like it still means so much to Hearts fans to beat Hibs. Which so there's still that. Um, there's still that juiciness about it. There's still that. We, we, regardless of how many times Hearts might beat Hibs or have the upper hand, they still want to win. So that's what still gives relevance to the derby, which is good. But I think in terms of the way the game might go, I think that Nick Montgomery's brought something a wee bit different at Easter Road. I think the fact that beating St Mirren and putting four goals past them in the Cup in midweek was something to see as well, considering, as we said, St Mirren are still unbeaten in the league. Um, but I don't know. I, I think being at Tynecastle, I think Hearts are probably stuck on to maybe win it again. Um, it would be a bit of a, it would be a massive result if Hibs do go and beat Hearts at Tiny. But I just can't see it. I think Hearts are probably going to take it. Do you know what? If Hibs win, and this is the thing, if Hibs win on Saturday, it'll be the 32nd league win at Tynecastle. Did you not win your 32nd league win against us in like the 80s or something? I'm sure I've seen that start earlier. It's 1968, 55 years ago. Yeah, Thanks for ruining the... And, you, and, you, and you also still haven't won the League Cup since then, so... It doesn't matter. 
Aye. Doesn't it matter? Karen, also, quick question. Seeing the three times you've seen the Edinburgh Derby, have you ever seen Hibs win? Uh, no. The games, the games <laughs> I've, Wait, seen, I've seen uh, Hearts. <laughs> I've, I've seen Hearts win twice at Easter Road, once in a cup, once in a league game. Rudy Scaggio scored in that league game as well. And I've seen a draw at Tyne Castle on New Year's Day. What was the cup game? Cup game was it was I want to say it was the League Cup. It was Ryan Stevenson's goal from about thirty yards out. I was in the famous. I was in the famous. I was in the famous five that game. So I was right behind the goal where he scored the fucking screamer that goal, man. That's what I'm saying. Though is when I said earlier on about. Hibs could be in the form of their life, could absolutely batter Hearts. Hearts will be one shot or a game and that'll be a goal. That'll be it. Yeah, they battered us, absolutely battered us that game. Um, and then Steve obviously scores. But, as as what is, is um, the more confident Hibs fans are, the more at ease it puts me, just in regards to the whole game. Because there's nothing better than fully confident Hibs fans. And I'd imagine sometimes that Hibs fans probably feel that about Hearts because sometimes if, the more the more overconfident Hearts fans get, it can be a wee bit unnerving if you came at me because it just is like, why are you so cocky? Aye. I think because, we're, especially I think because all... you know, history wise, when it's a derby, anything happens. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Oh, oh, I'll say one last bit then. Oh, hey, yeah. Oh, You're right, I'd just like you to have your, have your moment, that's all. What's your, la- what's your last bit then, Gaffer? I'd probably say that I'm disappointed it's not on the telly, right? Uh, for many reasons, because I think it's probably up there with one of the best games of football rather than scoreline-wise. Over the past wee while, it's not been magic, but there's been games where you say... It brings magic to the games. It's something different, you know what I mean? It's not like, no Ranger Celtic, it's obviously... Using probably, I would say, the Dundee Derby are up there with one of the best derbies that you could go and watch. It's got an atmosphere at it as well. Ah, It's got an atmosphere at it. Yes, what I mean, and so it's like a different atmosphere. It's got a different feel to it. It's got a different um, meaning to it, you know? Um, We all care what it means to also Rangers Celtic. That's what they, they, they think about. I mean, it's what you think about too, but at the same time, it's a different mentality. Um, you also finish high in the league, you get European football, you also have a bragging right for that as well. But in general, I feel that you it's just a different feeling. I And the telly used to big it up like it was something special as well. And it's just very surprising that they've never taken it on and they're going yes. to show Minnan versus Rangers instead. It's sort of do with the Rangers viewers, eh? That's all it is. It is. It is about viewers, but at the same time, they worked out that they had more viewers at that kind of game and they did other games so I would um, oh oh Armour's just buggered off yeah, I would uh, night, Armour. I would love it's to actually... see now, now that you're going uh, I can just go full throttle on Hibs now um, but <laughs> I think one of the I don't know what Cammy thinks of this but I think it's a neutral one of the one of the Scottish Cup finals that I just thought, oh yeah, beauty. I'm I'm really looking forward to watching this as a neutral. Um and just generally as a Scottish football fan was the of course the twenty twelve Cup final. And it was one of the most disappointing games of football I've ever watched because it was just so 
one-sided. It was so dominated. Game was practically done by half-time. Um, and it was like, Jesus Christ, man. So what I'm hoping for is a League Cup final in the Derby because there's every potential oh, it could happen. Fuck no, I couldn't have done it. I could do that. So, it's funny you I see would... that, though, right? It's funny you see that um, it's the atmosphere-wise and that. I've been to two derbies. Uh, one at Ten Castle, one at Hibs, and um, I there's something about it. It just it's electric. It's it is, it is good. Yeah. Regardless of the games maybe not being the best quality at times. The yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But I don't feel that I don't feel that the the press. I don't feel that the TV. I don't feel that the pundits. No, I don't feel like a lot of stuff give they it sell it well. Appreciation and the and the big the the the, the big up that it, it needs to be. Because yeah. it, it, I, I say you what, see if I, it's it's enough, Rangers yeah. and Celtic give half of their money to uh, Hibs and Hearts, you you would have one of the best leagues in Europe. Yeah. There's no, it's, no doubt about yeah. it. There's no, there's no there's no questions about it. There's no the, the, the Edinburgh Derby is far bigger than what it is. But like you're saying, Cammy, the press isn't there like it is for the rest of the league. Yeah. Um, and it's it's all about two teams, but it's the Edinburgh Derby. Is like I said, is regardless of the fact that Hearts have more or less dominated for the past few years, you get excited for it. Even as a neutral, you're like, oh, yeah, beauty. The Edinburgh Derby's this weekend. Do you know what I mean? You, like, and it's still it's still got that aspect of it. It's still yeah. a huge, huge game. Because uh, I thought about that. Well, I thought about that the other week. There, I says I get the Rangers and Rangers at Minnan because at Minnan's also doing really well in the league, but in the bigger picture. Oh wait now, you can have two games on at the time. Oh, that's yeah. right, you can. Oh, well, we'll not go into it. Eh? You know what I mean? There's, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's it's frustrating to hear that they, they didn't pick it. They could have picked that game. They could have easily picked a submarine game. There was no reason why they couldn't. Correct. Absolutely correct. So, I'm finished. What I'm saying. Yeah, I'm done. I've fun with the edit, but. Yeah, it'll be fine. You can't, you can't even release a two-hour pod. No, yeah. well, we've done it before. We can do it again. <laughs> <laughs> nah, so unfortunately, Mr. Armour isn't here to say goodbye. We're also on all streaming sites, Facebook, X to, uh, slash Twitter, um, Megadon or Megatron, as uh, Andy likes to say. Um, whatever it's called. Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, maybe if... Uh, Maybe I want to do it then again. Um, yeah, we're on only the fan. Also, I only fans is coming soon. Yep, Kieran's up to, up to that with his dog. Um, yeah, so we're, we're we're rocking and rolling. We're back for good. Hopefully, we'll get all four of us on ASAP again. Want you back? Want you back, say back for good? Say back for good, mate. We all know what happens when you jinx it. Yeah, just me and Andy show as usual. Yeah, oh, Andy. you, you and Andy. Yeah, me and Andy I show. Just want you back um, for good. So basically, we're also on our streaming sites, as I said. Also, Castbox, Apple Podcasts, Android, Google, whole bang. And you can say to your Alexa, play part of the bus football podcast. And you can watch all our back catalogues here as well. Guess we like us follow and give us five star reviews. And as there well. might be some exciting content coming soon. Yes, hopefully, hopefully we will be um, out and about and mingling. With everybody in between. Sorry, that's just me. Sorry. Uh, it's a bye for me, guys.
Bye, Andy. Bye Bye for me, too. (laughs) (laughs) 